The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, here we go. Get ready. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 27, 2018. This is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. How you doing? My name is Bob. Hi. Hello, Bob. All right. Coming up on today's show, the great Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here today. We're back after the break, by the way. So glad to be back. There's way too many things to talk about, including that Paul Manafort apparently met with Julian Assange just as Manafort was taking over the Trump campaign in March of 2016. We have collusion! There it is. It's right there. Plus, Manafort has also been lying to Robert Mueller and his team. Raising the possibility that, yeah, Trump may have floated a pardon. We're going to get into that today. Plus, uh, Trump is firing tear gas at children now, but don't worry. Trump says it's a minor form of tear gas, so I guess it's okay. It was only a minor form of tear gas insofar as he fired it at minors. That's, That's what he's talking about. By the way, if you're planning on avoiding all the insane retail stores by shopping online this year, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal, but because you used our link, we'll receive a small commission on some of your purchases, right? Meanwhile, you can also use our Chris Lavoy banded masculine link beneath the logo to shop for man-scented candles for all the guys on your list. And don't miss Chris's all-new spiked eggnog-scented candle. It's right there, so your whole place can smell like your drunken uncle on Christmas, right? <laughs> it actually smells really good. It doesn't smell like a drunken uncle. Uh, oh, and thank you for shopping through our Amazon link for the holidays. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. Clark? It's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. Bob Seska. Ho, ho, ho. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, we got to dive in. It is the Trump crisis day 677, 707 days until the 2020 midterms. Oh, no, did I say? No, wait a minute. It's the presidential election. That's uh, that's 707 days. Can you tell I've had about a week off? I, I don't know how to do the show anymore. So all the information about how I do this show has flown out of my head. Oh, hey, look right over there. It's uh, TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hello. Hello. Where is he? I can't hear him. Happy, happy oh. holidays. The door, the door was stuck. Uh, <laughs> ha- happy holidays. 
Uh, I wanted to say, no, but I wanted to agree because the place looks great. I was looking around. You know, you got the decorations up. Yeah, you got I do. the Christmas music going. Yep. Uh, the season has officially begun, I believe. <laughs> That's true. And I'm going to annoy everybody right out of the gate. So get Good. ready. <laughs> I look, I'm all in on this, by the way. I'm, I'm, I support any kind of Christmas craziness you want to pursue. But, uh, you know, there's important business and you got to pay for Christmas. And as you know, That's right. uh, as you and I both know, podcasting, uh, not a lucrative business model. Uh, not something I would go to high schools and recommend to students. Right, right. Uh, but but uh, So we have to look out, you and I and, and others like us, we have to look out for investment opportunities. And I have found, oh my God, this thing is going to sweep the nation. It's a toilet for well-endowed men. Oh yes, I saw that. I yeah. Think, I think, yeah, it's a world patent marketing. I think they're onto something here and I think you and I should put all of our money yeah. Into the uh, toilet for well-endowed men. Right, exactly. You know, I checked it out, Buzz, and I determined uh-huh. not deep enough. Not not nearly <laughs> deep enough for me. So I got to have to... Didn't pass our quality control standards. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, how I, about re- real estate's always a good investment. I've seen the Trump uh, climate report. Uh, I've got some oceanfront property you may be interested in. <laughs> Jesus, right. Yeah, that's right. Here, right. here, here where I'm living, about two and a half hours from the ocean will eventually be oceanfront property. That's the real. We'll find a way to make a living somehow. The other thing that we uh, have to look forward to with mm-hmm. now the holiday season has rolled around is that uh, it's uh, we're going to have the big countdown now to the, uh, <laughs> the the rolling out of the Eddie Money clip. Everyone waits for the, the big Eddie Money clip. And I don't know why. I mean, I start to get requests like the day after Thanksgiving. When are we going to hear from Eddie Money? What's happening with Eddie Money? Is it what <laughs> somehow in a weird twist of reality and fantasy and the holidays and everything that happens on a podcast, we've become synonymous with Eddie Money during the holidays. I don't know why that happens, but <laughs> he's your he, he is for you what Darlene Love was for Letterman. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and you know, I, I don't want to promise anything, but uh-huh. I'm going to try really hard to get the real Eddie Money on the show. He's awfully busy. I don't know. <laughs> Right. I don't know if you can get him, but it's. I'm, I admire your trying. <laughs> well, you know, I have some uh, retail shopping nightmares to share uh, with everybody on on the Friday after party. So, so oh, get dear. ready. At the end of this week, I'm going to talk about my mission to find an artificial Christmas tree that uh-huh. doesn't have any goddamn lights embedded in the goddamn branches because I don't want any goddamn lights in those goddamn branches because when one when one set of lights goes out, <laughs> the whole goddamn $500 artificial Christmas tree goes out there with the uh, disposable ones, the live ones that everyone cuts because... Merry, merry effing Christmas, everybody. Uh, yeah, and, and I tell... You know, and the, the big picture here, and this is the thing I want to detail more when I talk to Kimberly about all of this on Friday because... You know, Kimberly and I never actually talk during the week until until that show, and that's why it's so great to listen to. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I think all the retail stores have just given up. They just don't. I mean, they never used to really care all that much, especially around yeah. the holidays, and especially these part-time holiday workers who come in. But now yeah. it's just with Amazon and everything online, the the brick and mortar retailers are just like, ah, fuck it. I, I just uh, we don't even care about you anymore. Just what? Stop trying. You want to spend your money here? Ah, fuck you. Get out of our store. Uh, but oh, also, I got to remember to say this. Thank you uh-huh. to Chris Hayes for including yeah. my tweet about Melania's blood trees. I don't know what the, <laughs> what the hell those, <laughs> those Christmas trees. Speaking of uh, Christmas trees, they, they look like they've been used to stab someone. 
That's kind of what they. If uh, if you know, we should look on Amazon to see if they have them there, and and you should look on Amazon to see if they have the tree, the artificial tree without lights. Well, you know, whoever tweeted the the one with the yip yip guys, who, the people who turned the uh, the uh, Melania's blood red Christmas trees into the right. yip yip guys from Sesame right. Street, that is the winner of the the entire batch, the entire. I don't winner. know. I I liked the red furry a Warner Brothers monster there. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, and you know what? That's my here's. Here's how I think, Buzz. Here's a little view into my twisted brain. When I saw that come up on Chris Hayes last night during his uh, Thing 2 segment, Uh my first thought was, hey, that's cool. My second thought was, damn it, I wish I had spent more time Photoshopping it because it was a really quick and sloppy Photoshop job. And I've been using Photoshop for like 20 years now. fine. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, something to look forward to for tomorrow's show, by the way, Rocky Mountain Mike is on this week's interviews from Earth One. Rocky Mountain Mike from the uh, Stephanie Miller show. He does all the song parodies and bits for Stephanie Miller. Plus, of course, Buzz, this is right up your alley because we Uh talked, I think we spent like the first 45 minutes just telling old radio stories. And, you know, there's so many overlaps labs you're a radio guy i'm a former radio guy rocky mountain mike still is i believe a radio guy and the fact that rocky mountain mike is i don't know 15 20 years older than me it doesn't matter we still have like all the same kinds of stories all the same kinds of observations (laughs) it was like i was reading my own memoirs you know yeah I, i let me say this about rocky mountain mike he's a funny dude he really he, is. he really yeah. is. I, I yeah. really enjoy his uh, sense of humor a lot. Right, right. Now, the gigantic breaking news. We have collusion. I mean, first of all, I got to... Collusion, collusion, collusion. There is collusion. Lots and lots of stinky, smelly collusion here. We've got him. Yeah. We've got him. <laughs> that's right. This time, we've got him. We've got him. We've got him. Yeah, that's my uh, John Oliver. You know, I was, uh, you know what I worked on impression-wise while, during the break? I, I think I've perfected I my, my Ali Velshi impression. Oh, really? We're just like, Ali Velshi here. I'm filling in for Rachel Maddow tonight. I'm going to spend the next hour yelling at you. So, I mean, back to what uh, the the whole point of this is, is that uh, brand new story out from The Guardian today um, Mm -hmm. about how sources have informed uh, uh, Luke Harding and and I think it was one other reporter, Luke Harding and Dan Collins uh, at The Guardian. That, uh, yeah, that, that Paul Manafort apparently met with Julian Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London. And this would have been back in the uh, in the spring. The most recent instance of this was in spring of 2016, right? And that and that would be about the time that uh, Paul Manafort joined the Trump campaign at no salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just coincidentally, at about the same time, he met with Julian Assange, the guy who would ultimately publish the stolen Democratic emails, the ones taken by Russia. Right. If this bears out with evidence, this is full blown proof that. There- there was collusion. I mean, if, collusion. if Paul Manafort's working for Donald Trump, Paul Manafort goes to London, Paul Manafort meets with Julian Assange. A couple months later, suddenly WikiLeaks is publishing uh, uh, stolen emails that were hacked from the DNC server uh, by the Russian GRU. By the way, Alan Dershowitz is, is still saying or is back to saying, by the way, collusion is not a crime. They're back to oh that again God, on that the conservative a- side. But of course it is, and, and time and the truth will, will out on that. Yeah. Yeah, and of course it is. I mean, collusion is merely the street term. That's like... (laughs) 
prosecutorial lingo. Yeah, exactly. And the actual crime is c- conspiracy against the United States. Conspiracy mm-hmm. is the is the real crime here, and then collusion is just w- w- kind of how you describe the crime. Well, what is conspiracy? Well, th- these two parties were colluding with each other to right. flummox the 2016 election, and that's where it comes in here. And exactly. you know, of course, they're going to keep using that excuse, and Trump continues to use his excuses too. And in fact, mm-hmm. on this next story, because this couples kind of perfectly with sure. this other story from yesterday which again fire hose mm-hmm. of news god damn it i mean w- this is how everything gets lost and it's nearly impossible to keep track of, of it as it happens and, and, and i'm not just doing this for a cheap plug but one of yeah. the things i pride myself on my weekly report is uh taking a look at the whole week and putting it in a kind of context that that shows how these things are connected you're right and and i i don't want to derail the connection here but it's important to note that that yeah. uh, so much is connected, and and to be able to examine it in context, I find for myself to be very very helpful. Yeah. Uh, so it, let's talk about that connection. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Robert Mueller has said in a court filing that Manafort violated his cooperation agreement, his plea agreement, by repeatedly mm-hmm. lying to federal prosecutors. Right. Uh, this means that uh, they can go ahead and start charging Manafort for lying to the FBI and a variety of things violating that plea agreement. Uh, Manafort said the opposite of true is true, of course. Uh, both sides agreed that the uh, that U.S. District Court Judge Amy Jackson should set a sentencing date as soon as possible. The apparent collapse right. of Manafort's plea deal means he could now face at least a decade in prison after pleading guilty in September to charges of tax fraud. Uh, what else was it? Uh, violating uh, foreign lobbying laws and, uh, and mm. attempting to obstruct justice. This would be a good place to uh, to interject also that uh, th- this is this creates a, a different kind of peril. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, this is a, a very new sort of thing that we're facing here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Now, again, one of those theories, there's a a theory floating around, and I know they spent a lot of time talking about this on Lawrence O'Donnell's show last night. Uh, Marcy Wheeler has some theories Uh about this, too, that apparently um, what this may indicate is that Uh Donald Trump, uh, through his attorneys, through possibly Rudy Giuliani or Emmett Flood, floated the idea to Manafort's people that there would be a pardon if Manafort stopped cooperating. Which may, in in terms of my analysis of this, I think if that offer was floated, it was after Manafort entered the plea agreement with Mueller, because then that's when all kinds of red alert alarms go off in Trump's head, and that's when he that's what? likely when he said, "Okay, well we've got to head this off of the past. Let's see if we can float a pardon agreement with." Uh, except, except because he consistently and repeatedly lied. Uh, to me, it isn't clear that Manafort ever cooperated yeah. uh, with the Mueller team. And in fact, led them on some wild goose chases they resent very much. Right. Uh, the former U.S. Uh, federal prosecutor, uh, now a law professor, Joyce Vance, you see her on TV a lot. Uh, she said, well, why would somebody uh, uh, risk life in prison? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for this. Well, the answer, of course, would be it would seem a, a pardon. I'm not sure Manafort ever cooperated, and maybe it was to some degree his intent to lead them down some primrose paths before yeah. uh, before flipping back to not cooperating or, or uh, you know, insisting not cooperate. But in doing so, he does risk life in prison, and the only way out of that at this point is a pardon, which Trump has said many times he thinks Manafort's been treated unfairly. So, uh, yeah, it looks like we're 
we're we're approaching pardon territory here. Yeah. Likewise, however, and and this is what I wanted to say a moment ago that that Manafort is in an interesting position. Uh, sorry, Mueller is in an interesting position now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the special counsel is in a situation where he has promised the court that he would reveal to the court prior to sentencing how it is he knows that Manafort is lying and what specifically Manafort is lying about. That may or may not be made public Mm -hmm. because Manafort, uh, excuse me, because Mueller, those names, (laughs) the two M names. I'm doing that too all the time. (laughs) Mueller, Mueller uh, you know, wants to protect the remnants, of what remains, I should say, of his investigation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so he's he will continue to buy the book, play this very close to the vest. Mm. But at the same time, Mueller also knows the threat that is posed to his investigation by the presence of Matt Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, there's and, and so this puts Mueller at the ready to release publicly any information he may have or at least some of the information he may have to help preserve his investigation. My first thought when this news came out along these lines, Buzz, is that uh, that Mueller has copious documentary evidence showing oh, sure. that in order to prove... And this isn't just about a he said, she said. This isn't just no, about no. Mueller hearing from Robert Gates and some other cooperating witnesses, Mike Flynn and so on, and then comparing notes between which uh, indicted co-conspirators uh, said what. This has to do with Mueller looking at the documentary evidence and saying Millions hey you know what documents yeah yeah we can we can take emails we can take filed uh, filed forms we can take uh-huh. all kinds of uh, printed records and match these up and say well uh, Manafort is clearly 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 lying because we have evidence completely to right. the contrary right and they have testimony uh, yeah. that has been corroborated by witnesses and and uh, t- testimony from witnesses who have cooperated and whose testimony has been corroborated corroborated in addition to those millions uh, of documents Mm -hmm. Uh, it's clear again just the fact that Mueller has revealed that Paul Manafort has been lying for the past two months Mm -hmm. when he was supposed to be uh, you know uh, cooperating uh, just the fact that that Mueller would reveal that much indicates he knows stuff and has evidence, has proof to back up the stuff that he's saying. He's got to show that proof to the court and he will, Mm -hmm. or he wouldn't have made that offer in the first place. So yeah, there's a real sort of tug of war going on here, and both rope pullers are very close to that center line. Yeah. Uh, And and that's where we are, and I think either one of them is ready to yank. Right, and you know, Marcy Wheeler, uh, Empty Wheel on Twitter, uh, um, had a, an amazing theory that I really buy into this idea that, uh, as we know, Donald Trump has already submitted his heavily lawyered written responses to Robert Mueller's questions. Now, what if Manafort's lies all match up Donald Trump's written responses. What if these things are essentially the same, showing that Mm -hmm. Donald Trump not Mm -hmm. only floated perhaps a pardon to Paul Manafort, but they actually ended up behind the scenes coordinating their lies, coordinating their stories, which would also be a crime in and of itself, because we're talking about witness tampering and so on. And so that adds all kinds of criminal liability, not just to Paul Manafort, but to Donald Trump. If they were indeed coordinating their lies and now 
Robert Mueller wisely. I mean, mm-hmm. the timing of this is so laser precise that <laughs> that Robert Mueller was able to get Donald Trump's written responses to all of those questions about what happened mm-hmm. during the campaign before filing this brief in court about Paul Manafort lying to the special prosecutor. This is a fascinating line of reasoning that I would love to see uh, evidence of. I can't wait to see if this proves to be true because that shows that Donald Trump is is interfering with the investigation materially. That's obvious. And there's also an indication here that uh, Donald Trump was aware that Mueller was pressuring Manafort for the truth and not getting the truth. And we have a series of tweets. We go back to November 15th, where Donald Trump said uh, in a tweet, he said, the inner workings of the Mueller investigation are a total Mm -hmm. mess. You remember this one. Uh, Right. That was was right after Whitaker, and our fear was that he'd gotten some inside info. Yep, yep, yep. They have found no collusion, he continued saying, and have gone absolutely nuts. Here's the important part. They Mm -hmm. are screaming and shouting at people horribly threatening them to come up with the answers they want that sounds like he is saying that robert Mueller is pushing paul manafort to tell the truth knowing that paul manafort is lying and he thought trump had heard that possibly through whitaker but yeah. now it seems more apparent trump heard that from manafort's manafort. defense team it could be either of those things it could be both of those things no matter how you slice it you've got donald trump interfering with a witness tampering with a witness receiving information himself being a subject of the investigation as well when that that could have changed into being being a target of the investigation at this point we don't know an update on on donald trump's status in the investigation but it could be it could have advanced up to that next stage which indicates that uh that that would make uh, donald trump's jeopardy even worse in all of this so i was doing i was doing yeah and and i submit ladies and gentlemen of the jury that it's possible (laughs) that uh robert Mueller is okay with just the limited scope of questions he had submitted to trump and that all Mueller needed were just the answers to those questions even though they weren't about obstruction because i think Mueller already has all the evidence he needs i think (laughs) everyone in america has all the evidence they need to prove obstruction of justice in in trump's case these were uh, other questions and Mm -hmm. and the slightest you were talking about what trump's answers might be oh my goodness the 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 opportunity for perjury here is is huge even with this it may be I submit maybe Mueller knows or knew that Trump was never going to sit down with him and is happy to have just gotten this much. And maybe this is just all he needs. There's a consensus that that it could happen today or six months from now. But but Mueller is poised to to issue his report. Yep. And, uh, you know, and obviously, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, it's not the number of bullets Mueller has. It's knowing when to fire them. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. to to advance the investigation and to protect the investigation at the same time. Right. And the other thing here um, regarding the pardon, a potential for a pardon, if Donald Trump pardons Paul Manafort, knowing what we know going in, that is going to create an almost insurmountable case for impeachment of Donald Trump. I mean, right. there is already 
copious evidence, copious reasons why I think the House should impeach Donald Trump. And I think this is going to obviously if the House impeaches Donald Trump, the Senate is going to have to have a trial. That's the unavoidable consequence of all of this. If there is a trial, then even further information comes to light. More right. information, more details are are aired during a, a, a public Senate trial of Donald Trump being presided over by John Roberts, the guy who Donald Trump was actively attacking (laughs) during the Thanksgiving holiday, for God's sake, like an idiot, because Donald Trump always makes things worse for Donald Trump. And remember this, too, that articles of impeachment in the House of Representatives only need a majority vote to advance to an impeachment trial on the Senate side. I think we can do that. I think that's possible. It's just (laughs) Having won 39 and maybe 40 seats, uh, I think we can do that. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to talk about that coming up here in a bit. Something that hit me this morning, a theory I wanted to float, and that is we fantasized early on in this about the uh, prison buses that would take away uh, the people responsible for colluding with Russia to interfere in the U.S election process and and I've now decided who's going to go on the on the first bus I you know I don't think Trump will be on the first bus although he qualifies I believe this is just my theory I you know we have no actual proof of this and of course a lot of us suspected it anyway mm-hmm. but my theory is that the key players in this are Trump Paul Manafort uh, Jerome Corsi, yeah. uh, Roger Stone, uh, uh, George Papadopoulos. Now, let's take a look at that group for a moment. Papadopoulos is not cooperating. Uh, Stone, is not yet charged, uh, has made it clear he's not cooperating. Mm-hmm. Manafort, as it turns out, has not been cooperating all along. And Corsi, who was cooperating, has now stopped yeah. and turned on the investigation. So it seems to me the people who dig in their heels the hardest, Trump, Corsi, Manafort, Stone, Papadopoulos, are the most likely suspects. Yeah, yeah. If I if this were a detective TV show, I I'm picking these five guys. Well, here's another. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, here's another d- dimension to your theory, Buzz, which is uh-huh. that. It's entirely possible that these all of these players who are refusing to tell the truth to Robert Mueller, refusing to cut a deal, all of these players are perhaps under significant pressure from a Russian government that is actively assassinating people. <laughs> well, <laughs> we you know, I mean, I don't even want to think that, but yeah. you could be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the, I mean, the amount of money we're talking about with Russian oligarchs involved yeah, in all oh, of this. We're talking about uh, of Vladimir We're talking Putin. about Russia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ru- this is Russia's standard operating procedure. If someone's right. blabbing, then suddenly they disappear. Suddenly they fall off a building. Suddenly they end up with a strange illness. I think there was a... Uh, one of the let's see the the head of uh, uh, the Russian GRU, <laughs> the head of the GRU, the guy who yeah. runs Russian military intelligence died after a quote unquote long and serious illness in March. The Trump administration sanctioned Igor Korobov, inciting the GRU or citing the GRU's involvement in interfering in the 2016 election through cyber enabled activities. So and then this guy suddenly uh, falls ill. That's that's well, an interesting you know, little. You know how he got. You know how he got sick. <laughs> he he didn't have the toilet for well endowed men. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Well, then also just a brief correction uh, from the, the. I think the last time we uh, we were on together, Buzz, which I guess was we, two, two we, weeks ago. We don't do corrections. Bob. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this is I'm correcting myself okay. because oh, I see. Okay. we were we'll discussing right the pronunciation of uh, Jerome Corsi's name, and I was saying, uh-huh. no, 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 I think it's Corsi because uh-huh. I had uh-huh. I, I guess I had never heard his name spoken out loud at that no. point, and I was just assuming, and I thought I had heard his name spoken Corsi, but you were actually correct. It's Corsi. Everyone is saying Corsi I, now, so I stand I corrected. I haven't studied the origin of the name. I presumed it was Italian, and, yeah. and in that uh, case, based on my experience with Italian names, I, I it goes up at the end, Kings Lee. There Kings you go. Lee. So thank you for that correction, Mr. Keska. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's uh, here's more of Marcy Wheeler's theory. He said he, she said here, uh, it's true that Trump can pardon Manafort, though that probably won't happen right away, she mm. said. That's the only sane explanation. You know, by the way, Marcy Wheeler has been following this entire thing almost as close as Jackie Schechner and everyone at investigaterussia.org. So, uh, yeah. um, so this oh, is... I, I don't, and I, I don't do anything to, you know, she, she could very well be right. Yeah. Uh, and that would be the wise course if, if I were a crooked president. <laughs> I would wait to pardon him until after he'd been uh, tried and convicted and, and, and really finally sentenced. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's, I mean, you want to wait at least that long so the guy you're trying to protect doesn't actually have to live in prison mm-hmm. from that point forward. That's right. Um, so it, that would be the smart thing to do. But we're, we're talking about Trump here. And it, <laughs> exactly. It could, be the, it could be happening right now, and we don't even know it. He may knee-jerk right into it. I mean, this is, yeah, again, right. Trump always makes things worse for Trump, and that would right. certainly do it. Uh, she continues here to say, that's the only sane explanation for Manafort doing what he did. That he is still certain he'll be pardoned, but many of these charges can still be charged in state court. Just about the only explanation for Manafort's actions are that, as she suggested, Trump was happy to have Manafort serve as a mole inside Mueller's investigation. Right. Which would be why Manafort was playing them by giving them false testimony. Yeah, yeah. But Mueller's team appears to have no doubt that Manafort, this is more of a Marcy Uh Wheeler here, had no doubt that Manafort was lying to them. That means they didn't really need his testimony at all. It also means that they had... At that point. At that point. It also means that they had no need to keep secrets. They could keep giving Manafort the impression that he was pulling a fast one over over the prosecutors, all while reporting misleading information to Trump that Uh he could use to fill out his open book test. All of those written questions that Trump submitted to Mueller, which increases Mm -hmm. the likelihood that Trump just submitted sworn answers to those questions that were full of lies. This was this could entirely be that Robert Mueller and his team of untouchables have just played Donald Trump and Paul Manafort, more Paul Manafort than Donald Trump, in fact, in this situation, like fiddles, like the idiots they are. These guys have just been checkmated by Robert Mueller. And that's what happens when you have a smart guy who knows what the law is, who knows how to engage in these prosecutions against the dumbest group of criminals in the history of dumb criminals. 
balls. That's why this right. is stupid, stupid Watergate. And this is a good place to underscore that when we say he and him, we're we're not we're talking about Mueller, but we're not just talking about Mueller. We need to rewind because so much happens, our brains get muddled. Yeah. But if you go back to the beginning, you know, it's what is it? it's down to maybe thirteen now, but there were at one point uh, seventeen plus Mueller investigating uh, mm-hmm. Russia and the Trump Russia connection. Oh, you mean the heavily and, conflicted Democrats? <laughs> right, right. Who are mostly Republican, but uh, we don't live in reality anymore. Yeah. How do you like the green sky, Bob? <laughs> um, that's right. You know, it, it, you know, we're all mad here. In the words of the Hatter, uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's really how it feels at this point. I am. I, um, I don't. I, I forgot what I was going to say at this point. I just. Yeah, it's so. It is so maddening, indeed. Well, I have one last thing to say to uh, Paul Manafort. Happy New Year to you. In jail. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to see how yeah. this is all going to transpire over the next uh, few months. And he's he's going away unless he gets a pardon, and I'm I'm not ruling that out. And although the theory that uh, it'll be later rather than sooner may be correct, we're talking about Trump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, Buzz, uh, I spent a lot of time over the weekend with family and friends, and, and the thing that kept coming up as a topic of conversation is, uh, Bob, when can we get our hands on more of uh, those Harry's razors? Because Harry oh, sends yeah. me razors, and sometimes when I have extra razors that I'm not using, mm-hmm. I'll sometimes give hand them off to my brother or my dad or someone, and they'll, they'll get to use their Harry's razors. And uh, and then they ask me, well, what am I going to do once these razors are used up? And I... <laughs> I said, well, you can right. buy you can buy more, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Harry's dot com slash B.O.B.C. Just go in and buy more. And so but of course, that raises the, the topic of giving Harry's razors as gifts. So I may go all out and get every guy oh. on my list some Harry's razors in addition to they, some other gift. You know, they have some nice ones, you know, metallic and they're heavy. They're like the weighted handle. Uh, you know, it's heavy. Yeah. This is a quality gift and it's kind of personal, which you need to include in your gift giving. Mm-hmm. They're quality blades built to last uh harry's razors will uh certainly fall within your uh, holiday shopping budget the german engineered blades go for as little as two bucks so a guy who gets a harry's gift set also gets the gift of saving money themselves you save money too with a gift set that starts at just ten dollars you can personalize your gift with engraving and the handle color of your choice and with a hundred percent quality guarantee as a special offer for people who listen to this show you listening right now We've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets. When you go to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C, plus you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. Each Harry's shaving set comes with. Remember this, an ergonomic weighted handle, as you said, yep. Buzz, with the option to engrave, a five-blade five German-engineered cartridges that uh, provide a uh, close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for uh, a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and a handsome holiday gift box. Just the, one one I'm getting, the one I'm getting you uh, will have no collusion engraved on the handle. <laughs> How wonderful! So I can always think of Donald Trump when I scrape the hair right. off my face. Uh, just want something for yourself, though. You can redeem Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of the shave before you commit. Get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C and get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. Write it down. Don't forget it. This is the way 
highlight one of the many ways that you can avoid all of those terrible retail stores by just ordering online through harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. Do it right now. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. Well, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Right? It's the most uh, wonderful time. Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. And uh, we've got collusion. We have collusion. Actual Houston, news and collusion. Today. Houston, we have collusion. <laughs> See, it's uh, news like this that makes everything else a little bit more uh-huh. digestible. You know what I mean? It does. It does. I mean, we're on the precipice of something as good here in terms of justice as it is bad in terms of scary for the country. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I said, the the two rope pullers are very close to the line. Mm-hmm. And this could go either way at any time if that yeah. gives you a sense of security. Uh, the good news is uh, the good side is pulling strong. Again, I can't see Donald Trump going through with a pardon of Paul Manafort or any future players that emerge as uh, as indicted co-conspirators, Roger Stone, Jerome Corsi, and, and uh, Donald Trump Jr. I mean, imagine when... Uh, Indictments land on Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody still thinks that uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Roger Stone are next in line for indictments. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously with Donald Trump Jr., we're talking about perjury uh, just to start. I mean, the Uh perjury charges just for starters. And and I expect uh, Don Jr. to add himself to the list of non-cooperators. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? When Donald Trump Jr. ends up being indicted, that's when this music, in my head, I just... It just is going to make me happier. It's going to make me be the happiest man in the world to see that guy go down. Because I actually hate Donald Trump Jr. more than I hate his dad. I, I know you do, and I, I think it's well-founded. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, and, a, and a matter of personal taste. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're all going down together, I'm afraid. And and like I said, it, it to me, at least, it appears to be the ones who uh, do protest too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? With all these news stories dropping generally at the same time, that's when they always uh-huh. happen, uh, yeah. we, we end up missing stories like this one, that Jared Kushner actually directed the Department of Defense and the State Department to inflate the value of the arms deal between the United States and Saudi Arabia from around of course. $14.5 billion to $110 billion. This is the kind of crap that you get to pull when, when everything happens at once, when the zone is thoroughly flooded. This kind of stuff, people don't even talk about it. And, and you, any- criticize, you criticize, but have you ever done it with a prince? <laughs> Jared Jared seems awfully fond of the prince and the prince awfully fond of Jared. I'm not I'm not saying nothing about that. I'm just saying they're so close. uh, uh, They they might as well be lovers. This, of course, adds more uh, credence to the theory that Donald Trump and and especially Jared Kirshner have a vested interest in in helping the crown prince uh, MSB. Uh, and, or I'm sorry, MBS to uh, cover up the the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, and it's just this is a minor story. This is like a page fifteen story. This isn't a page one story. And, either. You know what's funny is this. All of this to me sounds like old style Chicago corruption yeah. from like the fifties and sixties. 
only on an international scale. And that's and that's rather terrifying. Do you get the idea, Buzz, that they walk around going, well, no one's ever tried this before? I, I think that they I, a, a significant <laughs> yeah. portion of the stupidity in stupid Watergate emerges from the fact that these people have so much hubris and so much ego, and I'm talking about Kushner and Trump and all the people who surround them, that they believe that they figured out all of the angles, they figured out all the loopholes, and they've got this completely under control, that they've come up, they've devised all of these different ways to not only boost themselves politically, but to enrich themselves financially. But of course, everyone else looking in, everyone who at least has a, a moderate working knowledge about how politics functions, especially at the presidential level, knows that they are just walking into one trap after another. It's, it's the uh, sideshow Bob stepping on the, the yard full of rakes. There's always a new rake that they're stepping on. Uh, crooks are stupid. We've we've heard that for a long time. <laughs> exactly. You know when this when stupid Watergate first came down as a term from John Oliver. That was that's what I thought. I was like, you know, this is just like all of those old morning zoo clips uh, with all the dumb criminals, the the the, the bank robber going in and putting the uh, ransom note on the back of one of his canceled checks, or you know, with his yeah. name on the other the, side. When they do the news on Mars, these stories are the kickers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, George Papadopoulos is in jail today, which is also uh -huh. great news. Uh, Not I know, I know. Yeah, the right. audience is being really sympathetic today. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, this is also good news. Papadopoulos asked to delay the start of his sentence while a constitutional challenge to the special counsel's investigation of Russian election interference remains unresolved. But, of course, that's not happening. And, right. And, uh, and so, therefore. Because the deep state of angry Democrats is keeping him, <laughs> keeping him down. That's right. Right. So, and, and as you alluded to earlier, Jerome Corsi rejected a deal from Robert Mueller to plead guilty to one count of perjury. He claimed he was a forget, just forgetful. It's all this crap slipped his mind when investigators asked him whether he knew beforehand what WikiLeaks was going to publish, uh, or or when uh, or that WikiLeaks was going to publish emails stolen from Democratic computers during the campaign. He said he did not want to plead guilty to intentionally lying. Um, right. But usually, if you don't recall something or if your memory is faulty, what's mm -hmm. the rule? When in doubt, leave it out. And Jerome Corsi right. just decided to blurt lies instead of saying, I don't remember. It's funny. I read his pitch and, and he, his attorney's pitch, and, and it, it sounded good on the face of it. Yeah. He, he explains it this way. He said, uh, you know, I'd forgotten. And uh, it wasn't until I read the emails on the laptop that you took for me once you gave it back to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until I went over those again that uh, my memory was refreshed. And yeah. uh, I, I'd simply forgotten about that. And uh, so I wasn't lying on purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's and that's the argument. It's it's a pretty good argument, you have to admit. Uh, but but as you said, uh, you know, the, a lie is a lie. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so we were having a lot of fun. And I mentioned earlier that you know these uh, these stories where we uh, we actually see evidence of collusion and we see the walls closing in on Donald Trump and how wonderful that is and how that's such a great change of pace a breath of fresh air to have some positive news things moving toward uh -huh. Uh -huh. the aim of exacting justice upon these criminals but yep. then you know the thing that it doesn't entirely assuage are stories like this and that is Donald Trump firing tear gas at children and women and people mm -hmm. who are running from 
uh, gang wars and drug wars. Right, right. In the uh, what they call the uh, what is it? The Northern Triangle: uh, El Salvador, Honduras, mm-hmm. Guatemala, where all of these wars are happening. And these people are 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 walking for thousands of miles trying to escape that. They get to the United States, where we're the 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 greatest superpower, the world's most uh, gigantic economic superpower, military superpower in the history of civilization, and our response to them is fuck you we're throwing tear gas at your children well here's what i heard uh that thousands of criminals and gang members uh were walking yeah uh the length of mexico to the united states uh unarmed <laughs> uh, so they could attack and invade our country right with rocks uh, uh, that's the way i heard it uh, but <laughs> yeah. um, instead uh, look who shows up at the border uh, little kids in diapers and uh, no shoes on their feet uh running from clouds of tear gas yeah <laughs> well don't it's, worry buzz uh, because uh tuesday tr- tr- yeah right because because trump said it was just minor for it was a minor form of tear gas. Right, you believe this right. is, I mean, this is the bullshit that he expects it's, people to just accept at face value. Oh, the president said there's some minor form of tear gas. There's a tear gas that doesn't burn your lungs and your eyeballs as badly as the other forms of tear gas. Which, Children's tear gas from Bayer. <laughs> that's right. It's play school tear gas. That's the new variety. It's from the makers of Play-Doh. It's now in chewables. <laughs> It's in gummy form. It's gummy. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. To, to be a little bit more digestible. Uh, this is horrifying. And don't let our, our giggling uh, uh, lead you differently. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and I, I this is um, tender territory. Yeah. But I, I saw somebody on maybe Facebook, and I, I know their heart was in the right place, and I want them to know that I agree with their sentiment. But they were saying, you know, anybody who says this is not who we are hasn't read a history book. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair statement, but it's not the whole story. And what I would say to that person and what I didn't say to that person is that, uh, wait a minute, there are a lot of us who ag- agree with how you feel, who see things the way you do and want things to be mm-hmm. the way you want them to be. You you have friends and support. And, and when one of us says... Uh, this is not who we are, what they mean to say and what you should understand them to say is that uh, this is not who I am, this is not who others I know, I, I would venture to say this is not who the majority of us are, and more importantly than all of that, this is not who we aspire to be. That's right. So when you hear somebody say this is not who we are, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've turned their back on history. Mm-hmm. What it means is they're saying this is not who we aspire to be. And yeah. maybe those of us who say that sort of thing ought to put it in those words. But, you know, it's a very sensitive uh, subject, a very important subject at a sensitive time. And I just I thought this is, I, this is my chance to address those things. Yeah. Yeah, and that all makes yeah. perfect sense. You know, I think the thing that gets lost in all of this, especially uh-huh. among the Red Hats, Trump's disciples and all of this, is that right. that as the, as I said, the world's most powerful nation in the history of human civilization, mm-hmm. and that is uh, undebatable. That is a fact. We are the most right. powerful nation in the history of the world. That requires a level of uh, mercy a level of of deference to lesser powers to a certain extent that's the noble 
honorable way to behave. And these, Mercy and nobility were supposed to have been foundations for this country. It's yeah. our reason for being. So it's not just because we're big and powerful that we have that responsibility, although that's true. It's it's a commitment we seem to have made for ourselves a very long time ago yeah. and have mostly adhered to until recently. Exactly right. You know, someone uh, sent me a DM on Facebook and they said, you know, and it was obviously a red hat, a Trump supporter. And they said, well, why doesn't? Why don't you expect Mexico to give them sandwiches and, and clean drinking water? I tweeted something along those lines. You know, you know. Normally, any normal president would uh, send uh, drinking water and sandwiches to refugees right. who are escaping uh, drug wars and political crimes and so on. Um, you know, in this case, Donald Trump tear gases them instead. We should right. be doing this. And their response was, "Well, why doesn't Mexico do it?" But because we're the United States, and we should be better than this. That's the ultimate point right. in all of this. And the fact that it gets lost by people who are, are more content to slap someone in the face than to reach out a hand in friendship. Furthermore, he's, he's demonstrated his ignorance, although yeah. uh, the mayor of Tijuana has, for example, uh, refused aid to these migrants. Mm -hmm. He's doing that to protect his city's budget, which would quickly and easily be completely wiped out yeah. if he were to undertake such an effort. And where do you draw the line anyway? He called upon his nation to do that. And in fact, the, the, the nation had, although Mexico was very careful not to assist the migrants with transportation, in fact, forbade it mm -hmm. uh, as much to the extent that they could. Uh, but they, they've, they've even deported uh, some of the migrants. Uh, Mexico's handled this in a very responsible way yeah. and in a very humane way. In Mexico, this is seen as, for what it is, a humanitarian crisis. It is. Up here, it's an invasion. Right. Here, it's an invasion of criminals and gang members, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who've come to kill and rape us all. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, but in Mexico, it's, in, oh, these poor people. And I, I keep thinking about the Statue of Liberty. This has come up a lot during this administration. Mm -hmm. But specifically the phrase, give me your tired, your poor. Yep. Whoa, here come the tired and poor, and we're shooting at them with rubber bullets and tear gas. Uh, mm -hmm. This is not who we are. I think a few more people who uh, claim to worship the flag and expect football players to not take a knee during right. the anthem and so on need to take another gander at the new Colossus. And it seems simplistic to say this, but yeah, read those words. Read the entire text of the, you know, the Emma Lazarus poem at the Statue of Liberty, and you will see what the United States really ought to represent and the, the standards, the values to which we should rise. And France, France looked up to us so much. They yeah. gave us that, at that point in history, uh, they gave us that statue with that inscription because that's how the French saw the United States and that's mm -hmm. how we wanted to be seen by the rest of the world. Now the rest of the world sees us shooting rubber bullets at the tired and the poor that's and right. firing tear gas at their barefooted children. And what the uh, what the Trump supporters also don't understand, and certainly Donald Trump himself doesn't understand this, is that all of this, whether it's the family separation policy, firing tear gas at groups uh, including women and children, uh, mm -hmm. this goes right along with uh, some of the more nightmarish episodes 
episodes in American history. It goes like right along with slavery and Jim yeah. Crow and Japanese oh, internment camps. Trail we've of been Tears. Been here before, yes, I know. Yeah. we just keep thinking we're past it. You know, as with racism, we sometimes lull ourselves into thinking, "Well, we've we fixed that. What's next?" Mm-hmm. And and really, we didn't. And and it's the same with this sort of behavior and this sort of reaction. Yeah. It's it's frightening. The danger of populism, Buzz. The danger of yeah. nationalism yeah. is that exactly when someone like Donald Trump comes along and appeals to those whimsical forms of bigotry and racism and hatred that are just handed out like Halloween candy, for God's sake, by some of these people. Uh, that is inherently dangerous. And we should have leaders who say, you know what, I, I understand your fears. I understand your your uh, inherent hatreds. Maybe there's some sort of family mm-hmm. justification. Maybe something regional here. Maybe there's something in your values. But the fact is that we cannot, as a nation, reflect those uh, those forms of hatred and those forms of fear because we as a nation are better than those forms of hatred. And so therefore, our leaders should reflect those values. And that's what Donald Trump doesn't understand at all. Donald Trump doesn't even understand no. the policy that the United States had toward uh, toward migrant populations coming into this country prior to his administration. Or at well, least but he... see, this is different. Yeah, These are brown people. Ah, I get it. I see. You keep forgetting. Yeah, I know. I, see, I know you don't see color, but <laughs> but but he does, yeah. and and so do a lot of his supporters. I damn it! I mean, it's it's clear that so much of, if not everything, this president does is based in some form of racism or mm-hmm. sexism. That's right, uh, or homophobia. Mm. Well, and th- in this case, he was trying to pass xenophobia. off. Yeah, that was xenophobia is a big one. In this case, Donald Trump was trying to pass off responsibility for the family separation policy. He did this on Thanksgiving or maybe it was the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Obama did it. Obama did it. Yeah, handing it off and blaming Obama for it, of course, and and Bush 43. We, we can't forget that, too, because uh, Donald Trump was suggesting that the family separation policies under those two administrations are basically the same as his, which they're not. There's no similarity between any of those. In fact, uh, George W. Bush, for all of his faults and all of his criminality, George uh-huh. W. Bush, when border crossers were apprehended when there was a felony being committed at some level, George W. Bush would not detain anyone who was with children, families with children and so on. He would just turn them right back around and send them back into uh, the other or on the other side of the the border. And in the case of uh, Barack Obama, the separation of families was the rare, rare exception. Occasionally, it happened only because if if a criminal uh, who happened to be accompanied by a child was committing some sort of heinous uh, federal crime, you could not imprison the children in federal prison with the adults. So in those cases, right. but that was extremely For 20 rare. days. Yeah, yeah. They, they they did it by the book. Uh, yeah. And and there was a 20-day limit, and they stuck to that. They honored that. So this is nothing at all like what Obama did, uh, and, and in which case uh, that administration was following the law. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the beat goes on. And, and again, I think it's... It's race-based, in my opinion. Brown mm-hmm. people are coming. Close the border. Yeah. Pull I mean, the wagons into a circle. What w- what he wants in all of this, what Donald Trump wants in all of this, is to take all the credit for the family separation, but none of the blame. 
That's right, the, that's the right. way Donald Trump. That's the little uh, needle that Donald Trump is trying to thread here, and it's it's just absolutely obvious to any thinking human being that is observing what's going on that you can't accept credit for a policy that you're then saying Barack Obama and George W. Bush also did. You know what I mean? You can if you're Trump. <laughs> exactly. You know, and in this case, there was an announced policy. Jeff Sessions stood up at a podium in front uh-huh. of live cameras yes. and announced the zero tolerance policy. And then subsequently from April uh, through May of, uh, of this year, 2018, 1940 adults were separated from their children in order uh-huh. for those adults to be jailed under this zero-tolerance oh, policy. Just before we went on the air, the Associated Press came out with a report uh, subsequent to its investigation. Uh, the uh, There was a temporary camp set up, a 30-day camp set up in June yeah. in Torneo, Texas, near Torneo, Texas. It's in the middle of nowhere, so it costs a bazillion dollars to ship <laughs> in food, water, everything, because there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was supposed to hold uh, 360 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, 2,000 over 2,300 teenagers live there. Yeah. Teens between the ages of 13 and 17 sleeping in rows of cots in a growing number of tents. They have more tents where those came from. Same tents that were used for Hurricane Harvey victims. Uh, the the city, in, after this 30-day temporary facility, it's now uh, the end of November. It's not only still open, it's growing. And as I said, they have more, more cots at the ready. Uh, it continues to grow. Uh, these kids and some of the kids have been there since June. So it's where they live. They they have to march. The kids wear like uniforms and have uniform haircuts and have to march single file as they're accompanied by uh, border people on golf carts with walkie talkies. Yeah. And this is the lifelong traumatizing experience that 2,300-some kids are going through Mm -hmm. and continue to go through. There's only one way to stop this, the rubber bullets, the tear gas, the the locking children up. Uh, There's only one way to stop this, and that's get rid of Trump Yeah, uh, through legal means. And And, and to uh, make sure that Stephen Miller never works in government again. Yeah, not just him, but uh, the the caboodle he rode in on. Uh, You know, they they all have to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, in order to save this democracy, and part of me believes and part of me knows that Robert Mueller reads the paper yeah you know and he knows not just what's going on in the trump administration in terms of of uh, its connections to russia or the trump campaign's connections to russia he sees the newspaper he knows what else is going on he he sees the same newspapers we mm-hmm. do and i can't help but think that he too understands the urgency of making this stop yep Yep, at 100%. And the other thing that uh, I want to mention here uh, to further spoil your holiday season is that (laughs) the next month is going to be one of the most harrowing months in the history of the Trump administration, as far as I'm concerned, because obviously in January, we have an incoming Democratic House of Representatives that is going to be a month. That's going to be a month in itself. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. But I mean, you got to expect that Donald Trump, especially with a lame duck Congress, is going to try to try to pull all kinds of ridiculous stunts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the last thing I want to mention on this topic before we take one last break here is that 
This Associated Press quote should stick with us all as something that we should never forget. I know the the, the tennis ball machine of news, the fire hose of news. It's uh, it's daunting to keep track of all this stuff, uh, but. This line from the Associated Press tweeted out while this was all happening with tear gas at the border. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Parents running away with choking toddlers. Mm-hmm. This is on the United States. And no matter what right. Donald Trump says, no matter what his red hats have to say, to, to come up with some ridiculousness that uh, vaguely justifies it but doesn't do anything but make them look more guilty and look more inhumane than they actually are. Parents running away with choking toddlers. I mean, you talk about uh, Trump making crazy moves on the uh, on the international stage that will have uh, all kinds of far-reaching blowback for decades mm-hmm. to come this is going to be one of those things because you know when we talk about uh you know a, a, a bombing brown people in the middle east or what have you mm-hmm. um what this ends up doing is creating legions of new uh, human beings on this planet who despise the United States right. and who right. would much be much more interested in picking up a pipe bomb than they would be in picking up an American a flag. Especially, especially if their families uh, or they themselves yeah. had been affected by those Trump policies. And you're right, that'll last for a while. Ask mm-hmm. the people of Ireland about about how things can last in that way. Yeah. It, it, terribly damaging. Uh, by the way, uh, Emmanuel Macron on line three, he wants the statue back. <laughs> Not, not surprised, not surprised at all. But you know, I, I, and I did. I, I said that that was going to be the last thing, but I did want to mention mm-hmm. one other thing. No, um, no, you've used up your last thing already. <laughs> and uh, and and you know what? That's okay because I've I've now completely forgotten. So you're not the only one. But it just flew right out of my head, just right in there. In the process of saying, I've, I got I've one last thing. I've I will, succeeded in ruining another show. <laughs> I will hopefully think of it. But it's just too many goddamn things. That's the problem. Exactly. Okay, one last break. We'll wrap up the show right after these words you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using bubble genius bath and body products see bubble genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan friendly products in america and supporting other u.s businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible plus you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back, and I have remembered what I was going to say before the break. I'm so happy. 
I'll Here, be quiet. Here's the thing that uh, that Donald Trump doesn't understand. Certainly, his uh, supporters don't understand this about the United States either. And uh, this always makes me think of the election of Barack Obama in 2008. Uh, but that's not the only example. Is that the United States is unlike just about any other nation in the history of the world. Nations historically have always been formed around ethnic groups. So you have mainly in Japan, in the nation of Japan, you have mainly Japanese people, people who are ethnically Japan. In Greece, you have people who are ethnically Greek. In Italy mm-hmm. and so on, and you know, you could, uh, Russians are mostly Russian people, etc. The United States is people from all around the world. Nothing about it. It always has been. Yeah, and very seldom, even in the modern context, very seldom do you see a nation that elects someone who is from an ethnic group that is not an ethnic majority in that particular nation. And that was, uh, you know, in our case, Barack Obama. In many cases, uh, uh, African-American members of Congress and other ethnic groups represented in the United States Congress. That is something that is new in the history of the world. That's so seldom, if ever, ever happened. And that's something that Donald Trump will never understand. He'll never get grasp that concept because he has zero sense of history. He has no knowledge other oh, right. than... Yeah, I mean, so... He knows nothing. He knows nothing. Donald Trump knows nothing about any of these things. And you know what? He's so preoccupied. It's the the Jeff Goldblum thing from Jurassic Park. Donald Trump is perpetually preoccupied with what he can do, not what he should be doing. And the things that he should be doing should reflect some of the historical context of where we are as a country, what this country stands for. And when when he fires tear gas at brown people who are trying to come to the United States to escape personal persecution to escape death that is the absolute wrong reaction but he's doing that from the perspective of well the united states should be a white nation this should be ethnically white caucasian anglo-saxon people from england who came here with the pilgrims or whatever other justification some of these uh groups are using who support donald trump that's what he doesn't under he doesn't understand the melting pot notion of what america is supposed to be and he never ever will no matter how many uh, historic facts that you pass along to him no matter well, how many examples he'll never get it a sociopath feels entitled uh, to, yeah. to, to do this things permission not necessary this is made worse by his massive ignorance yeah. um uh, you know for example when he was uh, bitching about uh, the court ruling <laughs> on his asylum uh, yeah. order uh, denying asylum uh, to a particular group again, like with the Muslims, right. only this time to the Honduran migrants at the border. Uh, the judge said, no, you can't do that. Uh, and, and Trump said, well, then maybe we ought to just break because now it goes to the Ninth Circuit Court, which is consistently ruled against uh, Trump in his immigration policies. So and Trump knows it's going there, which is why Trump wants this to go to the Supreme Court where he thinks he could win or where he thought he could win. Maybe not after the Roberts thing, as you pointed out earlier. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the, he, he said why, we should just break up the Ninth Circuit, should break it up into three smaller circuits. He wants uh, to get, sure. He wants to take it, right. Well, first of all, is he... Again, and to your point, 
he's an idiot. He's ignorant. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't know. It he's made it apparent as he does so often that yeah. he does not know you can't do that not without an act of Congress. Right. He can't just order that, but nobody's told him that and of course throughout his lifetime he's never bothered to ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just raises that as if this is a new thought. Like this is right. a, this is a thing is that can be accomplished. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it actually is a new thought, but it's completely impractical and and a non starter from the get-go i mean because because he's ignorant and because he figures he can do anything right right Right. so um you know that this is uh this is why we are where we are right now and this is why we're why we have to fix it as fix it as quickly as possible yeah and all of us here observing this nightmare of this trump crisis uh looking in and and seeing all of this so clearly and and not having that reflected necessarily by the people who would who should be reflecting it and that is our, our president and certain members of our congress who are you know, essentially, uh, well, not essentially, literally tear gassing uh, brown people at the border so they can secure their electoral base in time for the 2020 election. I mean, that's what this is. Yeah, entirely they're starting about. to realize there's I think it's starting to soak in. You know, you were talking earlier about how this goes to for impeachment goes from the House yeah. to the Senate and then the Senate has to have a trial and then more stuff comes out during the trial. This is that gradual process that mm-hmm. we've, I've talked about before that we talked about at the beginning uh, again paralleling to Watergate. This, by the way, and we lose sight of this because we have to, and especially with Trump, you have to live through this every day. It's in your face every day, every day, every day, always. It never, ever, ever lets up. It's exhausting in that way. All the more reason it needs to end Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. Uh, But, uh, you know, to us, it seems like an eternity. It's like you're waiting to hear back uh, after a job interview. Uh, Or a biopsy results. Yeah, or a biopsy. (laughs) And it just seems to take forever Mm -hmm. and ever and ever. In truth, as prosecutions go, as federal prosecutions go, this is removing is moving remarkably quickly. Yeah. And uh, and and as this progresses, as it gets worse, uh, the Republicans will increasingly uh, Trump will become increasingly a liability to them uh, after having been an asset for so long. There will be a tipping point. Maybe it'll come with that additional evidence in the Senate trial, or maybe Mm -hmm. it'll come well before. For that, yep. uh, but we're already seeing cracks in the foundation, at least in terms of Congress. Uh, there's considerable concern on the Republican side. It's funny; I can't read Republicans on this because, on one hand, they seem very adamant about wanting the Mueller probe to continue, and I'm talking about Republican voters here now, yeah. as well as Republican lawmakers want the Mueller probe to continue, uh, even though they think it's political, but they want it to continue to its conclusion. And they will not be happy if Trump derails that. Uh, and and Congress is getting nervous, and, and they're realizing that if Trump, say, pardons Manafort or stops the investigation, uh, then Trump does become impeachment fodder. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then things really have to begin to change and at that point Trump becomes more and more of a liability and as evidence pours in and as Mueller reveals more um, we we are getting close to the top of that hill on the roller coaster yeah uh when things will suddenly seem to be going very quickly in a much better direction well um, there's yeah, a that's what I look for yeah and there's the uh, there's kind of a balancing act that donald trump is engaged in right now which is that <laughs> he wants to uh push back as much as he can against Mueller 
on this matter uh, without appearing too overly guilty to the people who support him. And there is going to be a tipping point where Trump's behavior is going to start eating into his base, where his base even right. starts to go, you know what, this is just, this is a step too far. He now very clearly looks guilty in his reaction right. to future event X, Y, or Z. And that could be uh, a Manafort pardon. That even, could be the tipping point. Even Trump supporters have watched enough uh, crime and, and law and order type TV shows to know where this is ultimately headed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? You mentioned earlier uh, the idea of Republicans turning away from Donald Trump, apart from uh -huh. the never-Trumpers who were never with Donald Trump. Uh, right. There is a possibility, too, of primary challenge. I've been talking about primary challengers for Donald yeah. Trump for uh -huh. uh, at least a year now, and we're starting to see that actually beginning to materialize. I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping we won't have to get that far. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping Mr. Trump won't even be a viable candidate by the time it, it's time for primary contestants to begin their work. Well, I'll give you a hint of what we're going to be talking about on the post-mortem show here coming up right. in a second, which is the idea that uh, Donald Trump may not even run. I mean, there have been some theories floated See, along those lines. There you go. He may even resign. Yeah, he may resign. He may decide, hey, you know what? It's not worth it as much as I love the campaign trail, as much as I love doing my Nuremberg rallies. Uh, it's just not worth it for me. I'm gonna get uh, screwed in all of this if I keep, if I keep going, all, and I'm just tired. All of it, it took with all it took with Nixon was a subpoena. Yeah, Nixon got a subpoena. He said, "That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm ghost." Uh, and, and so I think it's entirely possible that that could happen with Trump. That would be an incredible turn of events because I don't think we've had that. Uh, certainly, Nixon being an exception, I don't think we've had that. Where well, maybe LBJ. LBJ decided not to run for re-election too. So uh, it could just be too much pressure on Trump. And again, he's he's not a young man either. And this is, I mean, this he's, is the greatest pressure cooker in the history of the world, the United States presidency. He's, he's not holding up well. That's why we're shooting uh, tear gas at kids, because yeah. he's he's going in six directions at once. Postmortem show coming up next on our Patreon yep. page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. Sign up, why don't you? Also make sure to listen to Buzz Burbank news and comment on iTunes, buzzburbank.com, realmnetwork.com. SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and uh, every place fine podcasts are sold. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.